If you don't have an email list, then you don't have a direct line to your customers. Reaching your clients, audience, supporters, and fans with the right message at the right time in the right place becomes easy when you've got a strategic email list in place. My email list is the number one way I drive profits in my business. And major bonus here, it's a lot easier and way more fun than you might think. That's why I'm teaching a free live workshop all about growing your email list called From Zero Subscribers or Zero Strategy to an Engaged Email List That Lasts. I'll show you how to kick off your email list building strategy with no fear because I know it can be scary to start something new in your business. Save your virtual seat at growanemaillist.com. Inside of my free live workshop, you'll learn why email marketing is 10 times more effective than posting on social media, my secret to sending out weekly emails without adding a ton of work to my plate, my best tips for getting people to hit subscribe, and what to actually say to them to convert them from subscribers to paying clients and customers. Save your seat now at growanemaillist.com. That's growanemaillist.com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass. Like you just have to be quick on your feet. You can't dwell on something too long. And when you have your own business, no one else is going to do it except for you or your business partner. So you just need to be on top of it. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher, and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing, numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. What do you want to do when you grow up? Do you remember being asked that question? It seems to be a favorite question of us to ask our kids. And the responses are usually filled with the biggest, most magical dreams of the youngest minds. But what if your interests and dreams as a kid could tell you more about your true passions to pursue as an adult? Jennifer Hochstadt is a former television producer turned family lifestyle photographer and now business owner and co-founder of a brand that I absolutely love, a brand that I've personally invested in called Baby Barn. Each pivot, each yes to a new opportunity and experience brought her closer to what she really wanted to do with her career. And much of her inspiration came from what she was interested in as a kid and later found out to be interested in again as a mom. I am so excited for Jennifer to share her story and to dig into the pivots and decisions that led her to launch a product-based brand and business. Here she is, Jennifer Hockstad. Gold Diggers, I have a podcast recommendation for you. If you like staying in the know when it comes to trends in business, well, you'll love My First Million podcast hosted by Sam Parr and Sean Pori, brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. My First Million brainstorms new business ideas based on trends and opportunities in the market and shares the stories of how companies made their first million. It's conversational and interesting with insights on topics that we don't always get into on Gold Digger. NFTs with Gary Vaynerchuk, direct-to-consumer strategies, how vending machines are generating millions. Sean and Sam have their ear to the ground for the next big thing in business, and the guests are top-notch. Listen to My First Million wherever you go to get your podcasts.
I am so excited to welcome this guest to our podcast. She is the most creative, inspiring, just exciting person. And Jen, just welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited. Oh, so we are going to dive into all things that you do today. And before we do that, I just have to share with our audience that you and I kind of became business partners in a sense, yeah, uh, which is something that's just so exciting. I've shared with my audience before that I've always had this desire to invest in companies that I believe in. And I am so fortunate to become an investor in what we'll talk about today, what we'll reveal today, just because I love, believe in, and use the products so much. I was literally just telling you about how Coco has been wearing (laughs) these clothes every Mm -hmm. single day. And so we'll dive into all of that. But before we do, can you just give us kind of a snapshot into your entrepreneurial journey? It's evolved a lot from the beginning. And so start at the beginning for me first. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, (laughs) the entrepreneur side of me, I think dates way, 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 way back. My dad is an entrepreneur. He's a real estate entrepreneur. So I've always kind of, I've been introduced to that lifestyle before and it's intrigued me. I loved the aspect of just growing something and not really having a ceiling cap on what you could do. So as a kid, my play dates usually consisted of either starting some type of business or writing and producing some type of movie. So my friends and I would get together and we would think like, okay, what's like something that we want to do today? Oh, okay. Let's start a house cleaning business. So we would make little, <laughs> little flyers and we'd be like, okay, $40 for the whole house, $20. If you only have like a one story house, we'll cut you a deal. And so we'd go around and we'd pass out these flyers and my parents would be like, what are you girls doing? Like, <laughs> this is great. We really admire your spirit, but like, we can't really have you going around to these people's houses. So they'd have to go around and like apologize to all the neighbors. And <laughs> I got a little bit more sophisticated the older that I got with my best friend, Rachel. We started a business called Chains by Ray J. So it was short for Rachel and Jenny. And we made eyeglass chains. So her dad was an eye doctor. And we had this idea. We're like, okay, we can make these like beautiful beaded chains and sell them in his office. So on our Friday night, we'd have on our TGIF and we'd be like beating our little chains and we created our logo and we had a little display in his office. And it was just always a little like bug inside of me that I I loved. I always kind of knew deep down that I wanted to have my own business and especially product-based. So how did those endeavors, I'm just smiling here yeah. about it. One, TGIF, <laughs> Sabrina, the Teenage Witch, <laughs> anyone? Like, oh, Boy Meets World. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, we, like, so many fond home. memories. Yeah. I love yeah. that. And I love how some of us really do have this innate entrepreneurial spirit yeah. about us when it comes to earning money and doing something that you love. How did those translate into what you do today? And share with us a little bit about what you do. Well, it was an interesting path that I took, but I think like everything leads into the next thing. So I'm a big yeah. proponent on you know, not turning down opportunities, like you might have it in your mind what the perfect opportunity or, or, you know, path yourself might be. But like, 
you can't wait for certain things to come along. Sometimes you just have to go for other things. So with that said, like I mentioned, as a kid, it was like either writing or directing shows or making a business. And in college, I ended up doing an internship on the set of a television show. And I loved it. So I was like, okay, you know, I, I, it's always in the back of my head to have my own business, but this actually seems like tangible right now. Like I feel like I could pursue this. So I moved to LA after graduating college and not really knowing anyone. Like I was like, I just want to get into the entertainment business. Well, so does most of LA. (laughs) So I was like, okay. And I graduated in 2009 which was one of the hardest years to even find a job period, let alone in a very sought after industry. So I ended up signing up for a temp agency and their first assignment that they gave me was for an investment firm. So it's pretty much polar opposite of anything (laughs) that I was interested in. (laughs) They're like, okay, you have to show up and, you know, wear a suit. It's very corporate and you're going to, you're going to call people and try to transfer their accounts over. And I was like, Okay, well, you know what? This is not exactly my like dream job, but I'm going to give it my all. I'm just going to put all my effort in and I'm going to show up. I'm going to be the first one there. I'm going to work hard. And I did. And it was about after two months of this job, they like write reports on how you're doing. And they gave a great report to the temp agency. And my person that I worked with at the temp agency said, look, like I know you're really interested and entertainment and this desk position, this temporary desk position came along and you're very, you're like not qualified for it. I'm just going to be like candid with you. They wanted someone with experience, but because you got such a great report from this, you know, financial place that you've been working at, I'm going to go out on a limb and give this, this assignment to you. So I think like, that experience in life just shows me too, like whatever's in front of you, work hard, like give it your all. You never know where that's going to take you. And I ended up working at this entertainment place and made contacts there. And it was those contacts that ultimately led me to landing an executive assistant position with the executive producer. Wow. So, you so never where'd you know. go from there? <laughs> Yeah. So from there, I started working with two producers who really became my mentors in the business. Jack Martin, Jeff Aploff, they're kindest souls. I couldn't have asked to work for anyone better. They were great. And I got, but I really got thrown in. Like It was like, okay, you are going to be our assistant and we're going to be shooting 160 episodes of a syndicated show. And we start in a couple weeks. So let's go. (laughs) And I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) this is great. But like, whoa, I'm in over my head. But again, I was like, I am just going to give it my all. And I'm going to Google everything I don't know and ask questions and just be as proactive as I possibly can. And I worked my way up from there. And they were, like I said, great mentors. They helped me along the way. So becoming an executive assistant, I then became an associate producer. And I worked on different television shows for MTV and Fox and NBC. And I loved, loved, loved it. But like that entrepreneurial side of me never left. 
it was definitely always in the back of my head. And, you know, it's, but it's hard to know. It's like, you have something good going, like, do you leave yeah. or like, what do you, what do you do? You know, from there, <laughs> I ended up eventually like getting married and having a baby. And I think having kids totally shifts priorities in your life also. And I knew right away, like, it's not impossible for me to have a career in production, but it is, it's really hard. Yeah. Like the hours that you're required to be on set, a lot of the times, I mean, 6am until midnight. And then if you're doing a field show, it's like, okay, you have to take off and go to New York or travel. And if you have a baby, like it's, it's a hard lifestyle to do. And so like, I, again, like had it in the back of my head, like, okay, I don't know if like having a newborn is the best time to really start a business, but if I'm going to do it, maybe around now would be the time to do it. So, so what did you find when you became a mom? Uh, I feel like becoming a mom is this whole identity shift, but it's also... Yeah you know, you start to see problems or opportunities or things, which is exactly what you did. Yeah. Yeah. It's a total identity shift. I mean, people can try to explain it to you, you know, when you have a kid, your life is going to change. But until you're actually in that moment, you're like, oh, this is what that means. Like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, everything changes. Yeah. And I was at the time like commuting. So after he was three months old, I went back to work and I was commuting we live in Manhattan Beach, but I was commuting up to sunset. So it was like an hour 15 each way. So, you know, a long time commuting and then coming back. And I just felt like I really didn't have control over my schedule. And then I also had like a passion for photography. So on the side, I had started photography, but very little because I was working full time. So I just did it on the weekends. And I thought to myself, you know what? I've built up a pretty decent client base. And I feel like for what I'm paying a nanny, because obviously when you have a kid, financials do become a part of it. You start looking at, you know, what am I making? What am I paying for childcare? Like how sustainable is this lifestyle right now? So I thought to myself, you know what, if I could expand my client base with photography and kind of work around my own schedule in a way, I, I think I can make almost as much as I'm making now and still be able to spend a lot more time with my baby. So I made the jump after about four months going back after maternity leave. I was like, I'm just, I'm going to make the jump. Like, I don't know if this is the right time. Like it's scary leaving a comfortable position too. Like, I think that was the hardest thing for me is like, whoa, I'm walking away from a career that I really put a lot of time and effort into. And, you know, you work your way up the ladder that you get to a certain point. Sometimes where you're like, am I, is it okay to walk away from this? You know, and it's like, it's a real crossroad. But with that long commute, I listened to a ton of podcasts <laughs> and a lot of which were about starting your own business. And I just felt it in my soul. I was like, you know what, I think this is meant to be I have felt it since a kid, I think I just need to just do it, make the leap. And if anything, I can go back 
you know, I can, I can go back. And I think just remembering that too, you know, if you've built a pretty solid foundation in a certain career, like you can go back. And so I made the leap and Cam, my son was, you know, he's nine months old at the time, I believe. And um, it's hard. You have a nine month old. And then I was also trying to grow my photography business, but I was so happy. Like I, I knew right away. I was like, okay, okay, this is, this is good. I feel really good about this. Um, and yeah, so I started growing that and it was, it was nice, but then the other side of me, I was like, I should just be good with how things are right now. But I was like, but I really want to do a product-based business. <laughs> also. So then cue baby barn. <laughs> Tell me about how you founded baby barn, what it is and what excited you about diving into this oh new space. Oh, so yes. Having my son to it, it opened up a whole new world. And one of which was dressing him. Like I had so much fun curating his outfits, picking out clothes. Um, so I was like, well, I wish there was just one place that I could go to that had amazing baby clothes that were, you know, curated essentials and a color palette that I loved. Like I'm a, I'm a big lover of neutrals and soft tones and muted tones and dusty tones. And my husband at the time, well, not at the time, he's in the apparel business. He's the co-founder of Legends. And I was like, oh my gosh, Scott, like we need to do a baby Legends line. Like I have (laughs) so many ideas for baby clothes and oh my gosh, this silhouette with this and I can with living this stuff. And he was like, yeah, that's, that's all great. But like, we're focusing on menswear. Like, I don't think we want to get into baby stuff right now. So I was like, Oh, my gosh, okay, I really want to do this. So they ended up opening a little pop up shop in downtown Manhattan Beach. And when they did that, I was like, well, there's so many kids in this area. Why don't we just make it just for the pop up shop? It doesn't have to be online, but just for the pop up shop. I can just make like a small amount of kid items and just see how it does. And so I did, and it did really, really well. But it still it still wasn't enough to convince him to like switch his business plan. <laughs> so then my neighbor, Brian Scott, he is my co-founder with Baby Barn. We had started Baby Barn, but we were actually starting in nutrition first. And I was like, Brian, like, there is something to this apparel thing. And I really think we should introduce this to our customers. Like I have so many ideas for this and you know, what this line could be. And he was like, okay, okay. Like I let's, let's do that. So we've made up our line and like what it would look like. And we introduced it and it outsold the nutrition products like by tenfold. So we instantly knew we're like, okay, this is working. Like, let's expand on this. So I was like, okay, sorry, Scott. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this for baby part now. 
If you haven't already implemented a CRM system into your business, well, now is the time. CRM or customer relationship management is at the heart of scaling your side hustle into your success story. CRM systems take any customer interaction and transform that interaction into valuable data and insights, allowing you to strengthen relationships with your customers and grow your business. Many CRM platforms are either over-engineered or clunky and unreliable, costing you more time and money than they're worth. A HubSpot CRM platform means you have a purpose-built solution that's tailored to your business and your business alone. So whether you're just getting started or looking for a robust system, HubSpot is super flexible and totally customizable, meaning it scales and grows as you do. With new features like business units, association labels, permission sets, and more, HubSpot admins can tailor their account like never before. And now with Sandboxes, admins have access to a production-like account, allowing them to test, iterate, and experiment without risk. Learn more about how you can customize your CRM platform with HubSpot at HubSpot.com. Hey, Gold Diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. I love that. So first off, Drew loves Legends clothes. So he loves it. But I also am kind of proud of Scott for being like, nope, this is not my vision uh, because it forced you to pursue your vision. And what has it looked like since that first run of apparel? It has expanded. It has evolved. It has changed. And it's funny because we're very good friends with Brian and Katrina. Katrina was on the podcast. Katrina Scott, founder of Tone It Up. And they had started sending us clothes because Bella and Coco are just two months apart. And I fell in love with the clothes. I remember the first things we got was just the set. It was a little set of sweatpants and a sweatshirt. And pretty soon Coco was just wearing them all the time. And then we would say, Brian, do you got any more? Where is this from? Where? Tell me more about it. So tell me how things evolved from that first run. So when we started our business too, we wanted to be strategic. We didn't want to raise a ton of money and have a ton of investors just to have investors. We're like, let's grow this slow. So our first run that we ordered was a very like modest 
size order. And we, at the time, only went up to 12 months yep. <laughs> in sizing. And when it sold out almost immediately, we're like, oh my gosh, okay, well, now we know we need to order <laughs> more inventory. Like clearly this is working. So let's order more inventory. And then our number one request was bigger sizes. So we're like, okay, let's go up to 2T. And then still like requests for bigger sizes were like 3T, 4T. And now we go all the way up to 5T. So we offer from newborn size to 5T. And our whole view on the business is really a minimalist approach to a closet. So I feel like as a parent, what I did anyways, I felt inundated with stuff. Like you have so much stuff. It's like, different bottles, different pacifiers, like installing car seats and strollers. And (laughs) it's all a lot (laughs) to deal with. So when it came to clothes, I found a lot of the outfits that my son and now I have a daughter, but that they have that are like too intricate, like too many snaps, too many buttons, like too hard to get on really loud colors or prints they either didn't really wear them or it felt like I all of a sudden had like a striped shirt with polka dot pants. And I'm like, wait, like how, Oh God. Okay. Well that's what you're wearing because I can't dig through the laundry anymore. Yeah. So with our line, we really wanted to create a minimalistic line of essentials. So clothing that is so comfortable for the kid to wear, it's stretchy, breathable, lightweight, and also in colors that you can seamlessly mix and match for the most part. So no matter who's getting your little one dressed, they can pull from the drawer and they have these great outfits. Like, you know, they look put together. And that's why we sell a lot of our stuff in sets also. So you have a matching top, matching bottom, but then a lot of our sets coordinate. So even if you have a top from a different set and a bottom from a different set, chances are they could still go together. And then people seem to really gravitate towards that. We've gotten tons of feedback about how much easier it makes shopping for the little one and getting a little one dressed. And it's also kind of a foolproof baby shower gift because you can't go wrong with neutral sweatsuit. (laughs) That's comfortable. Yes. Well, it's so funny too because... With both of my pregnancies, we didn't know the gender. And so we just automatically went very neutral intentionally, Mm -hmm. uh, which I'm so grateful for because it's like baby number two is set. Like (laughs) they've got everything they could possibly need. Yeah. So talk to me about the capsule idea because I used to do capsule wardrobes for myself. And even maternity wise, I found myself going back to that capsule approach because I'm like, I'm not going to fill my closet with things I'm only going to wear for a few months, which is essentially what happens for children. They Mm -hmm. only wear things for just a few months. And then you're faced with this debate of what to do with it. Where does it go? So walk me through what a capsule wardrobe is, because I think that's really the heartbeat too, of the way that you create and design. Totally. So yeah, we really want to create a wardrobe that your child could wear from the time they fit into it to the time they grow out, but in materials that they wash so well, 
So I'm like, when I get a sample in, I'm doing the wash test. Most of the time I'm like washing, washing, washing. I have my kids wear them. I'm like, have at it, go play, move, run. I want to make sure that the fabric's not pilling or anything because with these wardrobes, we want you to be able to either save them for baby number two, three, four, or pass them off to a loved one. We didn't want to create disposable clothing. Yeah. And then as far as like the capsule part of it, we really wanted to create a wardrobe that they would live in for that time period. So pieces that wouldn't just sit in the drawer, like you would have a shirt that could go with leggings and a short, you could have a pullover sweatshirt that could go with, you know, the shorts or the sweatpants. So really mix and matching and items that they could live in for that time period. And eventually we would love to create bundles. So three or four times a year, the customer could sign up for a subscription service and receive a full bundle of a coordinated capsule wardrobe. So you'd have three shirts, two pants, an accessory, depending on the season. So maybe a bucket hat or a beanie, and you'd have a jacket, you know, you're really your core items that you need for that season and that time period. And it's very compartmentalized. So it's not like you're having to run out to a ton of different stores and grab all this different mismatch stuff. It just arrives and you have it and it's great quality. So you can pass it down or reuse it. I love it. I mean, we have, since traveling has been kind of halted for obvious Mm -hmm. reasons, we have found before when travel was open, it was so much easier to pack for a trip because Mm -hmm. we could just throw in a bunch of the neutral things that could all be mixed and matched. And that was perfect. And also with the different climates and things, it was like a no brainer. I want to know, Jen, since you started Baby Barn, as you started kind of dreaming up these ideas and stuff, what does your role look like today? You're designing, you're testing, you're marketing, you're promoting, like, what does it look like for you as a co-founder of this growing brand? Oh my gosh. (laughs) It depends on the day. It is like a laundry list of things. Brian and I have kept our team pretty small intentionally right now because we really want all hands on the business. We want our customers to feel like, you know, we care, like these products are touched by us. We, as a mom, I'm like, having my kids run around in them. I'm doing the wash test because last thing you want is you get an outfit and you wash it and it falls apart. Like we don't want that. We don't want to put anything out that isn't going to hold up. So Brian and I run pretty much every facet of the business. We introduced apparel at the end of 2019. And then in 2020, obviously COVID happened right about right around the time where we We were in need of a warehouse because we were packing and filling all the orders ourselves, but we couldn't get one. So we continued to pack and fill for months and months and months. It wasn't until January of this year where we finally moved into a full warehouse. So that was taken off of our plates. But I, as far as my role, I mean, everything from designing to I mean, I talk to our accounts all the time about our accounts and where we stand working on POs. I've kind of moved that onto Brian's plate because I am like Excel (laughs) files are not my specialty. I think that's important to know in business, like know what you're good at and pass off the things that you're not. And he's, he's like a whiz 
with all the back end stuff. So he handles a lot of the back end of the website, especially. So there's little things in a business as far as like shipping rates. Like you have to weigh the things to know how much to charge for shipping. And you have to have certain tags on certain things. And so he handles a lot of the back end stuff. I'm more of like the creative part of it. But it's it's never ending. When you own a business, there's always something to do. And I actually still handle all the customer service emails too, which... That is a lot. <laughs> and that's something where like my husband and Brian, they're like, okay, maybe it's time to pass that off. But I'm like, but oh, the customer service part feels so personal to me yeah. too. Like every customer that comes through, I value so much and I want to treat them like a friend, you know, and yeah. they, if they like have a question, I want to get back to them. I want them to know, like, I really care. I want you to be happy. Like, let's figure this out. Or if there's like a shipping delay, let's work on it together. So that I have yet to pass off. I don't know when I will. But Gold diggers, we all know the B2B landscape can be a bit complex. From lengthy buying cycles to complicated decision-making processes, reaching your target audience can be tough. But I found a solution tailored just for you. LinkedIn ads. A whopping 79% of B2B content marketers say LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. That's because with LinkedIn ads, you're not just casting a wide net and hoping for the best. You're strategically building relationships and driving real results. We're talking about a platform with over a billion members, including 180 million senior level executives and 10 million C-level executives. You are networking with the actual decision makers. And LinkedIn's targeting and measurement tools are specifically designed for B2B marketers, meaning you're not wasting time or money on irrelevant leads. In fact, in the tech industry, LinkedIn ads have been shown to generate two to five times higher return on ad spend compared to other social media platforms. Using LinkedIn ads allows you to stay ahead of the curve when it comes to industry trends and developments, whether it's finding the perfect partner for a collaboration or uncovering new opportunities for growth, LinkedIn can be your secret weapon. Make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash goal to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash goal. Terms and conditions apply. On top of my many titles as mom, entrepreneur, and creative, I've also added host. Drew and I host on Airbnb on our favorite island in Hawaii. We started hosting as a way to make some extra income, and we've had such an easy breezy experience. Now we host year after year, and it's been a fantastic side hustle. Not to brag, but we've also been crowned Airbnb Superhost several times, so we are really killing the game. It's about having spaces we can enjoy as a family while creating memorable experiences for our guests, and it helps that we earn a little extra cash on the side. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Still doing that. I love that. <laughs> You know, it's so funny because I was texting with Brian earlier this year and I was like, if you guys ever want investors, sign me up. You know, I have used this product for over a year. I'm obsessed with every single piece. Like, and it was so cool to go from like a raving fan and customer into this opportunity where he was like, well, wait, we actually might be interested in this. And yeah, there's something that's so powerful when you see somebody's vision and you see just like how hard they're working and you guys work so hard 
on the company, but also where it's like, no, this is just such a natural extension. Like I tell everyone about this anyways, like let's do this. What has been something that you're looking forward to in this upcoming year? Like what is something that's just lighting you up? Because we've all faced so many challenges over the last few years. There's been so many unexpected things. There's been supply chain, there's been shipping delays, there's been all of these massive hoops to jump through. But what's kind of firing you up as we enter into kind of a new year, a fresh start? How does that feel? It feels great. We actually, we ended up hiring a third party to help us find new factories too, because I don't know if Brian told you this, but we had a huge summer launch and we had, oh my gosh, it was like nine different styles that we had worked months on designing, selecting fabrics for, and our factories, I mean, just given the circumstances of everything, the one that we were working with due to shortage of workers with COVID and our new quantities that we were ordering about three weeks before we were supposed to get the shipment, they told us they couldn't execute. And we were like, oh, and this was in May and this was for our summer items. So if you're in like the apparel industry, you know, it takes months to even go into production. So we were really cutting it close. We're like, oh my goodness, this is, this is a blow because now, and we feel like we're letting our customers down too, you know, because if we're like, they're expecting certain things and now we can't get it to them and what are we going to do? So it was, it was hard, but it was like a, it was a learning lesson for us. Like, okay, we need help sourcing new factories that can handle our new quantities that we have, you know, better communication with in terms of like being able to execute when we need it. And we've done that. Like we've been working hard over the last couple of months and we have amazing, amazing factories behind us. So going into this new year, it's, it's working with these great factories and being able to provide more for our customer overall with our styles. We don't want too many different styles because we don't want to overwhelm the customer, but we're very selective about what we do. So we have a great, great fall lineup and we are so excited to launch that. I love that. It is so cute. You guys have to check it out. Jen, I want to know, since you've dabbled, you know, you've had your traditional job, you also were in the service-based business. What is something that has surprised you or that you might not have expected about being in a product-based business? Because it's a whole different ballgame. Oh, it's a whole different ball game. And I think it's the same thing as parenthood in a way. Like somebody yes. can tell you like you know, because I saw my husband in it for years. Yeah. And, you know, I saw and I was like, okay. But until you're like in the trenches of the day to day, you're like, oh, <laughs> this is what lot. you were talking about. Yeah. And a lot, of, a lot of like friends, they're like, oh, that's so fun. You know, baby clothes. And I'm like, yes, it is so fun. But it, there is so <laughs> much more like behind the scenes of a business that goes into it. It's the planning, the timelines of everything product-based business, a big part of it is cash flow also. So you have to be very strategic and smart about placing POs, ordering, like 
What are your factory terms? When are these POs due by? Because you need to have a certain amount of inventory. Obviously, like going into the holidays, you need to load up on even more inventory. If you're working overseas, you have to take into account holidays. So Chinese New Year's or anything like that, because that affects shipping. I mean, there's there's something new every day that pops up with a business. So I think being in production, having my production background has helped me tremendously because a lot of times when I was doing field production, if we're in the field, things pop up too. And you have to think on the fly. You have to make quick decisions. And it really taught me just to be proactive, like, all right, well, this is coming up. So we have to make a decision. We have to do this X, Y, and Z. And that's really translated into running a business as well. It's like, you just have to be quick on your feet. You can't dwell on something too long. And when you have your own business, no one else is going to do it except for you or your business partner. So you just need to be on top of it. One thing that I think is your superpower, and it is stated in the fact that you still respond to customer service emails, (laughs) is that you listen for feedback. Oh, yeah. How could a product-based business owner that's listening to this episode kind of tune their ear to hear what customers are asking for to be able to create the products that respond to those questions or needs or desires? So a big thing is social media. I mean, it's so easy now on stories to post the sticker question, ask for feedback, you know, go through, be diligent. Like I try to carve out time every day to really sit down and go through all of our DMs. They can pile up quickly. So you have that, like I go through all of them just to make sure like, okay, are we missing something? Is there a pattern here? Are you know, like, what's the feedback? How can we change this? Like, it's just taking into account every person's feedback is it's important. Like those are your customers. And also emails, we send out an email after someone has purchased our product asking for their feedback, because we genuinely want to know, like, what can we do? Like, is there anything you have comments on? We want to know because you're important. Our customer is so important to us. I love that. And I think it's so powerful too, because I think that the more that you can hear, the more that you can listen, the better you can create and the more likely you are to sell out, which is something that actually happens quite often with baby barn in a good way, because you're conservative as you're getting things going Mm -hmm. in the fiscal standpoint. Do you have any tips for how to create that sense of urgency with your customers? Because I think you guys do that so well. And it's always like, quick, grab it before it's gone. So tell me about that. You know, that is something that we actually, it was not premeditated. It just, (laughs) it it happened. And it like happened almost to a fault because (laughs) some customers would be really mad. They're like, wait, I really wanted the dusty mob onesie. Like, why is it sold out so fast? And I feel so bad. Like when I get those emails, I'm like, let not me Not intentional. <laughs> yeah, not intentional. Let me look. I will contact the warehouse and see if maybe they missed one somewhere. So it was really, honestly, the sense of urgency was not intentional. I think it just started happening. And I really think with like a product-based business, you're, you can acquire customers but the products have to speak for themselves. 
So what we discovered with Baby Barn is we would acquire new customers, but the customers would then come back. So when we would launch something new, they would jump on it and then they would tell their friends. And then we had new customers and we gifted them to different influencers. And we never like one thing I was big on was I don't really want to do like a paid thing because then I almost feel like somebody has to talk about it, but they love it then they can mention it. And like, if not, like enjoy it, it's a gift. And we got lucky in the sense that a lot of people loved it. So they spoke about it in a real natural way. Like you, for example, Jenna, like it was so exciting for us to see Coco running around in the clothes and, and we're like, oh my gosh. And I noticed that on different influencers stories, like their kids actually wear the items, whether we're mentioned or or not, I'm noticing like, oh, which shows like they like it, like out of all the stuff in their drawer, they're choosing to pull that and it's happening naturally. So it's really just been this wave of a natural occurrence happening. And as far as the sellouts, we're definitely increasing our quantities because we don't want to disappoint the customer. We don't want to be known for like always being out of something. I think that sense of urgency is good to a certain degree, but we're also just trying to like satisfy everyone also so it's it's been a lot of excel charts trying to figure out (laughs) the fine balance of inventory so it's ever evolving (laughs) well Jen now that we've talked about the product so much and I 100% give it my stamp of approval it is literally like 98% of Coco's entire wardrobe at this stage of life where can everybody find out more about baby barn find out more about you give us all of the places that they can connect okay well our website is shopbabybarn.com and our Instagram is the same, Shop Baby Barn. And you can sign up for our emails. And we're big on not spamming people with emails. We will only email you if there's like a sale or a new drop. Or obviously for your feedback to check in to see how everything's going. So to stay up to date for the latest, I would definitely sign up for our newsletter. And then our Instagram, we're always posting. We're trying to get into reels now. So that's, yes. <laughs> that's been fun. But you can find us on there. And then my personal one is JSTAT. It's J underscore S-T-A-D-T. It does not roll off the tongue easily, but (laughs) it was back in 2013 (laughs) when I created it. So that's my handle. Amazing. And Jen and Brian are so graciously extending an extra 15% off if you order Baby Barn using the code GOLDDIGGER. I am so excited to see all of your little minis running around in these clothes. And I am just so, so grateful to be a tiny itsy bitsy piece Mm -hmm. of what Baby Barn is and more to come. Jen, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Oh, thank you for having me. This was so fun. One of my favorite things about doing these interviews is hearing people's origin stories, where they started out, how they found their passion, what life brought them to inspire them to start a business. And Jen's story is just so fascinating to me. It's been super fun as an investor to really look at companies and say, do I back this up? Do I believe in this? Is this something that I love? 
And I was the one that approached Baby Barn in the first place because I was such a devoted customer and fan. Coco literally lives in these clothes and they've made dressing her so much easier. Today she put on a playset and I was just smiling as she was playing in a sandbox thinking this is what childhood should be and these are the clothes that fit it. I sincerely hope you check out shopbabybarn.com and of course use the code gold digger to save 15% on your order today. And I'm so grateful you tuned into another episode of the gold digger podcast until next time, keep on digging your biggest goals. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the gold digger podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. Hey, Gold Diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top notch. Article's online only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer care team is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and I was there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more.